Hey, and welcome back to the MGR podcast, where we talk with real people about real money and real estate. Today, we got an exciting episode planned for you. We got a special guest on, Jake Black. He's also a realtor here in Fredericton with me, uh, working at Exit, and uh, we're going to chat about a little bit of everything. Uh, we're going to talk about business. We're going to chat about you know tips for new realtors. We're going to chat about uh, the current market, what we're kind of seeing. We're going to talk about success, how he defines it. We're going to talk about his routine and uh, just how he's kind of got to where he is and built his business to where he is. So we're going to dive right in and uh, get into it. So Jake, man, how are you doing today? Doing well. <laughs> good, good. Thanks. Well, good to have you. So Jake, you and I work together pretty much all day, every day. So we know each other pretty well. But for everybody listening, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us kind of where you came from, uh, where you kind of grew up and what you used to do before doing what you're currently doing. Well, um, I'm from Hampton, New Brunswick, which is just, I spent the majority of my youth in Hampton, um, which is just about half an hour from where you grew up in Sussex. Right. Um, and then I spent the other half of growing up uh, through high school years in Miramichi, um, which is a little bit further out here up north in, Mar- in uh, New Brunswick. Um, I went straight to car sales, right out of school, um, sold cars in Moncton for Rally Motors, which is a, a large auto group there, about five dealerships they had or six at the time. Um, did that for better part of two and a half years. Kind of moved up through the ranks a little bit there. I ended up with um, with a good position there. And then when COVID hit, uh, the market for real estate spiked. And I made the transition down to Fredericton because it was the best place at that time to be selling houses. Yeah. Now, do you ever regret uh, giving up the car sales and moving to houses? Or are you going to go back? Like, what, what's what's the deal? Yeah, you know what, man? Sometimes. Um, oh, cars no. cars is fun. You know, cars is fun. It's It's a little bit more thrilling where real estate is you know, kind of a slower investment, mm. you know, you're like my, I mean, my first year in real estate, um, I made, you know, 35% of what I did in cars, mm. my, my first year in cars, right. Yeah. Cars is quick. Um, but it's extremely routine. The relationships are very surface and they're not, they're not at all long-term. Yeah. Um, you don't have really repeat clients in cars. Mm. That's another thing too, people buy a car every five, six years. And typically the lifetime of someone staying in cars is less than that. So. Yeah. 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 Now, do you find like there's similarities in like, the amount of paperwork, the amount of work per deal or per car, or is it, uh, is it pretty different? You know, it just depends on your client, right? In real estate, I mean, we both know, you know, some, some clients will meet them and then mm-hmm. within three months they're signing contracts or sometimes within 30 days, sometimes within two weeks they're buying something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, it's just a matter of getting through contingencies and do the closing. Yeah. Cars, um, you know, you would sell people sometimes same day. Sometimes it would take a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's definitely a lot more comprehensive knowledge that you need to confidently sell real estate versus cars, you know, mm. car, every make and model of the vehicle other than the trim levels is going to basically be the same. So if you're selling Honda Civics, you know, those Honda Civics, but when it comes to selling houses, we don't know what we're selling. We have to investigate yeah. every time. Yeah. Every house is different. Every client's different. You know, there's something, something different hidden behind every door. Um, so give us a little rundown on what you're kind of currently doing where you're currently working. I kind of uh, mentioned it a little bit, but uh, what you've kind of got on the go currently between, you know, your different streams of income and whatnot. Yeah. So, I mean, like, like you said, I'm, I'm a realtor with Exit Realty in, here in Fredericton. Um, so I do basic real estate sales. I do residential and commercial. Um, I love that. I've been doing it for since November of 2020. So I'm almost about to hit my three-year mark. Yeah. Three years. Um, which is, I mean, the three years are the first hardest years, you know, mm. that's what they say. They say after three years, it gets easier. So we'll see if that's true. 
We'll see. Um, it's tough. Uh, and then two, I um, I work with a property management company to manage new apartment buildings. So I deal with tenants and leasing and, you know, filling those places, keeping them maintained. Yeah. Things like that. Now I got to ask because like I did property management for a little time, a little while and we ch- we've chatted about this before, but I absolutely hated it. Like the tenants were, tenants were hard to deal with and like, I'm just not a property manager at heart. So what is it like about property management that you enjoy? And is it true that like good tenants make it easy or like, what is it that you, like, why are you doing it? Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a threshold of what you consider to be a good tenant, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, you know, a lot of property managers, their, their definition of what a good tenant is a tenant they don't hear from. Mm. Right. Um, I like a little bit more than that. Like I like a proactive tenant that not only you don't really hear from when it comes to them, but they'll help you maintain the building. For example, mm-hmm. you know, if a shingle blows off the roof, you have some tenants that won't mention anything. You know, if there's mold building up in the basement, they won't mention anything because they're just, they're just trying not to be heard from. Yep. Um, and that can end up being kind of worse than, you know, people you hear from all the time. Yep. Um, but also too, you know, it just goes back to personality types, right? Like you, you're much more of a people person than I am. Mm. I got into real estate for the love of the market and for the love of real estate mm, versus yeah, yeah. loving people. You know what I mean? So um, property management feels more natural to me because I don't have to have as close of a relationship with these people. I can just maintain, you know, maintain the property. Yeah. Yeah. You enjoy, I mean, like, like you say, like same with cars and and real estate, like there's like a thrill of the hunt kind of thing and a rush that you get from it. You know, you enjoy obviously, you know, making people happy and, you know, getting them uh, a deal and then on closing day, you know, handing them the keys. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's that thrill of kind of sales and and the rush of it kind of thing. And, and the, um, the excitement from that. So, Let's talk a little bit about, um, so I kind of want to chat about like routine success and how you can gain success, like whether it's in, in personal life or business life from like having a good routine. Now I know like over the past couple of years, you've been kind of trying out some different things, going through some changes. Um, and so what, what were you trying? What did you do like at one point that like maybe wasn't working or maybe you thought it was working? And what are you doing now that's like really kind of working for you? Maybe it's something daily that you're doing or maybe it's a diet or whatever. I love this question. So, um, you know, since we all go through seasons at different paces, you know, when you're younger, you go through seasons really quickly, rapidly, mm-hmm. especially if you're learning um, and you're putting the effort into learning. Um, I mean, I'm only 23 years old now. I, I'm not going to be 24 until next year. So I, I still have, you know, when I started into the sales industry in cars, I was it was my 19th birthday, actually. I, like, I got my car sales job. So I drove up from Air Machine to Moncton on my 19th birthday. I went and applied. I got the very first job um, at the Hyundai dealership. And it kind of went on from there. But I mean, my my thought process on productivity and success and my regimens have been ever-changing from there, depending on what I'm working on at the time. Yeah. Um, you know, health and fitness is, I think, extremely important. Extremely important to me. And I think it is a building block for most people. Um, to to feel good about what they're doing at the time, because not only do you feel better when you're when you're you know when you're healthier, you feel better, you think better. If yep. you're eating clean foods, you're going to think cleaner thoughts. That's yep. kind of the way I look at it. Um, but also too, like you know, your daily regimen can really take a lot of the mental load off of what you're doing at the time. Mm. Like in real estate, you know, so much of what we deal with is just mental weight. As far as you know, you have let's just say you had three or four clients that are all under contract at one time yeah you know you have to manage all of their contingencies at that time you have to figure out you know who's going to be at home inspections when when's financing do all these things you got to balance your relationship with them 
you've got to balance your relationship with whoever the selling agent is at the time or buyer's agent, depending on your situation. Um, so there's a lot of just micro tedious tasks that you have to remember to do in the right order at the right time. Mm. So I think that, you know, if, if you're planning, I mean, my biggest, my biggest tip I give to anyone that wants to be a little bit more productive is to plan your day the night before mm. every single time. So you have a good structure of where you're going to be in what areas, you know, if you have to get paperwork signed here, um, and don't make two trips to the same place. Yeah. You know what I mean? How much time you're spending in the office consistently um, on, you know, your CRM, using your CRM, which we're going to touch on, I'm sure, um, is is a huge part of it. But then also, too, like, you also have to be doing things for you all the time because it's mm. we're, we're in a serving job. You know, it's mm. customer service. So you're always doing something for somebody else. So you have to make sure that a big part of your days, you're always doing something for you. So I, I like to think, like, if, you know, you're a very beginner and you're not happy with the way your fitness and your health's going and you're not happy with your job, I would say the first thing you should do is set up a, a solid fitness routine. You don't have to go to the gym, but even if you're doing every single day, you're doing exercise for half an hour in the morning, that's going to set your day up. You already did something hard. Mm. You know, you've mm. done something hard. You've accomplished something for yourself. Yep. You've added 1% onto yourself that you didn't have before. And then you can go on and be able to serve people and not feel like it's taken away from you. Mm. That's right. That's right. Now, is there anything that you're like, is there any kind of like affirmations or anything like this that you're doing kind of daily that's kind of, you know, helped that you haven't been doing in the past, but maybe you've started doing that's kind of helped you kind of uh, get to where you are now? And Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, you know, there's a lot of mental framework that is good to just, you know, we as, as people, we need to be reminded significantly more than we need to be taught. Mm. You know, you only like the, the the most of the struggles that people have aren't things that they don't know. It's just things that they're not reminded all the time of doing so. Yeah. For example, touch on affirmations or, you know, goal writing or journaling or whatever you want to call it. I, every morning I get up, um, I get up quite early. I mean, it depends on what I did the night before. I usually get up between 5.30 and 7. Um, and I usually go to my favorite coffee shop um, here in Fredericton. Uh, and I'll sit down and I'll read a couple of chapters of a book that I'm reading at the time. Like right now I'm rereading James Clear Atomic Habits, mm. which is important. It's mm. a good book. Everyone needs to read it. Yep. Um, and then I'll just write out. You know, I don't, I don't believe in affirmations like the same thing every single day. I don't write, rewrite the same sentences to myself. I yeah. just rewrite, I read what I wrote the day before. And then I just write a new variation of that is as in just reminding myself to do something like reminding yeah. myself to think positively today, yeah. reminding myself that even if I don't get as much done today as I would like to get done, I'm still getting more done than I did, you know, in the past. And yeah. you're always improving. You just need to remind yourself to, to think yeah. in a certain way. Yeah. <laughs> when you said uh, you're not writing the same thing you know, over and over every day. It kind of reminded me of all the times I'd get uh, detention and, uh, you know, you had to do lines and stuff like this. And yeah, I, I did a lot of lines. So you never got the detention. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't always this good. I wasn't always this good. Yeah. No, but, uh, but anyway, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, like you say, it's good to remind yourself because, you know, a lot of people, especially in this industry, it's pretty, some people can argue, but it's, it's a fairly high stress, you know, um, career. You're always on call kind of thing. You're always working. So it's good to be, and it's, it's easy to get down on yourself, like in the ebbs and flows of the market and stuff. And when you're not making sales or you're not busy, people aren't calling you. It's easy to get, get down on yourself kind of thing. So like you say, just reminding yourself and doing those affirmations and, you know, some people do affirmations, you know, some people, you know, do voodoo cards or whatever you want to call them. Some people just pray, you know, everybody's got a different way of doing it. But like you say, that reminder that, you know, you're good. You got this. You have the skills. You can, um, you know, you've done this before kind of thing. Like you can, you can do it. That's super important, super important. So, um, let me just, let me just touch on something you yeah. said there too. Um, another big thing about what we were, 
you know, it is a very stressful job. It's a stressful career. Um, it's a stressful industry because mm. there's, there's all kinds of moving parts and everyone has their hand in the same basket. Yeah. Dealing with lenders, they're getting paid based on commission. Mm. Realtors getting paid based on commission. Same as the selling agents or the buying agent. Um, and then obviously too, you need to keep your client's best interest in mind. I think that anything can only be as stressful as you let it be, right? So we, we know, we know this in, in sales training that all conflict in any transaction or any relationship, professional, romantic, friendships, whatever, all conflict comes from a difference in expectations in the same scenario, mm. right? If you expect one thing, one outcome, and I expect a different outcome, and it's not communicated, and then this outcome comes, and one of us is unhappy. Yeah. So I think that a big part of your journaling that you should do every day, and a big part of your expectations that you need to set with yourself is that this isn't going to be easy. It's a stressful environment. It's going to be hard. So then during the times that you do feel the stress and you feel the weight of all this pressure coming on you, you just have to think to yourself, rather than, oh my God, this is so stressful, you just think to yourself, I knew this was coming. This is good. You know, I expected this. Yep. You know, the, the strain is necessary to improve. And also, too, the stress becomes a lot less detrimental. Like, I'm sure, as you can remember being year one, and I remember being year one, you know, a home inspection going south was like the end of the mm, world. Yeah. Now, a home inspection goes south, we know, okay, you know, either, either we're going to get it together or we're not, and we're going to find them a different house. But regardless, the stress level doesn't come yeah. the same way. Yeah. And it, I mean, it just comes with kind of experience and learning the workarounds for every bad situation that kind of comes. You know, after, you know, two, three years of doing this, you go through a lot of transactions. And like you say, every deal is different. You learn something new every time. So just learning to, and then also just, but yeah, um, managing expectations for your clients can go a huge way in not having blowups, you know, yeah, no, blow up even more kind of thing. Um, so, you know, I kind of want to, I kind of want to target a lot of different people here with this episode. And because we're realtors, I think it's kind of fair to give a little bit of wisdom to other realtors, um, and some people might not agree with the the wisdom that we're kind of given, but and that's totally fine. But uh, and just some some kind of tips for you know realtors that are maybe stuck in a bit of a slump, maybe new realtors that are just just starting and they're kind of looking for you know where can we kind of find those first deals? What can we do? So I'm going to give them a tip, and then uh, and then you can you know think. Hopefully, it's not going to be the same tip, mm -hmm. but uh, think on it, and then just give give your thoughts on where somebody can you know do something. So my my first tip. Uh, for new realtors and stuff that are kind of listening in, or maybe you've been doing it in a while and you're just stuck in a slump. My biggest source of um, clients and deals has come from my like sphere of influence. Now I know that everybody obviously doesn't have that, but everybody has some kind of influence somewhere, right? So, and if you don't, well then, sorry, this tip isn't for you. But, um, but for me, it's my sphere of influence. So. When I first started, I made a list of like over a hundred names and just put them in Excel, got all their numbers or had them in my phone. And I literally just stayed up like all night texting people um, saying, hey, you know, I'm in real estate or hey, I'm just just reminding you I'm still in real estate. If you or anybody you know is interested in you know buying or selling or just wants to know anything about the market, you know, just reach out um, and please let me know kind of thing. So reaching out to your sphere is like the most important first thing that I think you can do, honestly. And just letting people know that you're in real estate now because, you know, it seems like everybody already knows they're a realtor. But if they know you and you're also a realtor, maybe there's a better chance they'll reach out to you. Also, like if you've been going for a while um, and you haven't had any deals going, reach out to your previous clients. Like say, hey, ask for referrals, reach out to your previous clients and, uh, and the sphere that you've kind of built up there. 
um, to see if, you know, maybe they want to buy again, or maybe, you know, I have clients that they buy a house and two months later, they're like, oh, actually I want to sell, you know? So, you know, just stay in contact with them and, uh, um, just reach out to people, keep, keep doing follow-up and, uh, and reaching out. But, uh, that's my kind of tip. I hope that that's beneficial in some way, or maybe just a reminder to, Hey, you know, maybe I should text that person that I've been thinking about for a while. Um, but yeah, that's my tip. What, uh, what can you, uh, give them? Well, I, I have two things. So one, I'll, I'll touch on your point. Yep. Um, a lot of us don't have a sphere mm. depending, you know, like I said, um, at the beginning, I, I moved here to sell real estate, mm. which is, I was told by every single person I had known and respected that that was the craziest and stupidest thing they ever heard. Yeah, yeah. Um, because, you know, they're going to pick the big name over you. They're going to want to work with other people that they know or from their community or whatever. I think that is not true um, in essence, because I think that, you know, if you think back to why you picked, you know, your real estate professional that you and your wife bought your first house with, um, it wasn't really based on, it really wasn't based on anything more than a feeling a positive feeling. If you're able to leave a lasting good first impression on somebody, that that's going to matter. Yeah. Um, that's the most important thing, I think, for beginning agents to realize is, you know, if use whatever advantage you have. If you are not a big name and you are not someone that's done 100 transactions, use that to your advantage. Say, listen, I'm eager. Um, this yeah. is new for me. I'm ready to learn. And no one's going to work harder for you than I am yeah. because I need this deal worse than anyone does. You know, and I need to make sure that you fund your dream home so then you give me more clients. And this yeah. this they're very reliant on that. Yeah. Um, I lost my train of thought there, you know, and, and also too, um, to, to that point of, you know, like finding your very first deal is, um, you only need to find your first deal one time, mm. right? Like I know it sounds basic and silly, but like, if you just go all in on your very first transaction, like, yeah. you know, we don't sell very many houses every year. Mm. We don't, we don't, you know, neither one of us sell. 70, 80, 90 houses. And the majority of real estate agents in the normal 50% of range that are comfortable with their lives, they're only selling 25 or 30 houses a year. Your commissions are going to be decent on your first house. So if you need to do, if you know nobody, my suggestion for brand new realtors, here's, here's what you can quote. Very, let's, here's, here's what it is. Here it is. If you're a brand new realtor and you need one deal, Mm. you can door knocking will always work. Mm. Now people think about door knocking. And they think, okay, well, you know, I can knock 10 doors or I can knock 20 doors. When it comes to any kind of cold outreach, whether it be cold email, cold calling, door knocking, they're all cold things. You should be measuring by the hundreds or by the thousands, not Mm. by the 10. Because realistically, I know people, um, or, you know, a good example is like Bell Alliant and Rogers. They have door-to-door guys that make great money. And they can hit up to 200 doors in a day. If you can tell, you, tell yourself, okay, I have to, I have to hit 1,000 doors, which I think is too many. I think you can get a, two deals out of 1,000 doors. Oh, yeah. But I mean, what's that, four days? Yeah. Four days of work for your yeah. first real estate transaction? And then you did it. And then you said you could do it. You yeah. know what I mean? And you, you accomplish it. So it's really just about picking a cold outreach method if you don't have a sphere of influence and just sticking to it. Yeah. Because my biggest struggle when I started was I was like, I'm going to cold call. Call 30, 40 people. You know, I'd get a lot of like FUs on the phone and just like discouraging yeah. talk of yeah. like, you know, don't bother me. And you get very discouraged and you think this is never going to work. But in reality, it's just always a numbers game. Yeah. The colder, always. Yeah. Now there, there is a time when I'm going to have Jake back on this and we're going to talk in more detail about what he's doing currently right now to get more clients. We're not going to talk about that today. No, but because I'm still doing it to get clients <laughs> and I'm not giving it to you. <laughs> but, but one of the things, but the point of it and my point behind kind of want to talk about it eventually is he's been super consistent with it and it's it's proof that kind of consistency is key you know but if you look at me 
um, if you ask, uh, you know, Jake, other realtors, in my office, my wife, you know, um, uh, my marketing director, anything like this, they'll all tell you the same thing that I'm kind of just all over the place. Like I do a little bit of everything. Like I'll sit down with Jake and we'll call cold call like straight for a week or I'll go and we'll go door knocking for a week and I'll just try a little bit of everything. I'm kind of all over the place. Um, but my, my niche and my way of getting clients isn't or hasn't been, you know, that, you know, thousand cold calls or thousand door knocks. Um, it hasn't been that, but it may, that may just be something that you have to do, um, if you're in a different situation. So, yeah, but whatever it is, whatever it is that you're doing and what I'm doing is, is different now, but whatever it is, um, you just need to be consistent in it. And, uh, you know, you need to do it for a full year or a six months to a year at least, because, because then you'll get kind of, you'll hit every season of the real estate market and you just gotta be consistent with it and, um, and just, just stay busy and not stay busy, stay productive. Um, yeah. And also to, to touch on that, it's, you know, as you said, when it comes to consistency, that's going to be the most important thing when it comes to prospecting in general, whether we're talking about cold or reach, or we're talking about sphere of influence marketing or drip campaigns or whatever, it's always based around consistency. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're making, you're building a mountain, one layer of paint at a time. Yeah. So, you know, would you brush your teeth six times in one day? Cause you didn't brush them all week. No, you wouldn't. You'd brush your teeth, you know, once a day, every week. Oh, so, shoot. yeah, oh, man, I didn't um, know that. but I mean, when it comes to consistency, it always just comes back to choosing the path of least resistance, yeah. finding something you can consistently manage every day and yeah. picking that, yeah. you know, anybody can do 100 doors in a day, but not everybody can do 20 doors for five days a week. Mm. And that's, what's important mm. is that you can do 20. We, we just talked about this recently. It yeah. also would, would tie into how to prevent burnout as well too, is just, you know, what can I do every single day? Like brushing my teeth, that is an effort towards prospecting and will positively compound, you know? Yeah. So it's about finding that. Yeah. And when, when we, when I first kind of started in real estate, one of the first tips I got was, um, you know, from somebody who said like business cards, even just business cards, like hand out, you know, 25 business cards a day or five business cards a day, right? Five business cards a day turns into like, say 25 a week, if you're just doing like a five day week and then like a hundred a month. So you're handing out 1200, you know, you know, you're reaching 1200 people, you know, just through business cards that are just, you know, go around, hand them out, talk to somebody, make conversations. But if you're consistent with that, um, that also is going to kind of translate into, into some deals. You might not convert as much or as high on that, but it's one of those things that's consistent. You know, you're getting your name out there, talking to people, making conversations happen. So Jake, man, you've been trying to get me on a CRM for years, really. And um, I I do currently have one. It's not currently working like super productive for me because I haven't, you know, customized it. Because all CRMs, you are going to have to customize to your liking. You know, none of them are just like plug and play, I wouldn't say, um, but maybe there. Um, but I am excited to, you know, kind of dive deeper into mine. I'm not going to switch to yours, but yet. Um, but uh, anyway, anyway, anyway. So tell me, Jake, when did you start using a CRM? When did you realize it was important? Did you use it in car sales? Um, what are you using? You can say if you want. Um, and, uh, you know, how has it made a difference in uh, in your business and and just kind of staying organized. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I think, you know, first off, we should probably touch on the importance of a CRM. Mm. It's probably important, you know, just to refresh ourselves on. It's when we talk about the CRM in relation to building trust with clients, it's building trust with clients is the same as building trust with yourself. You tell your clients you're going to do something and you do it every time. Mm. You know, you tell them you're going to be there at 1 p.m., you're there at 1 p.m. 
If you have your very first showing with a client and you say, I'm going to meet you there at 1 p.m. and you're 10 minutes late, now and forever, it's going to, they're going to think that you're going to be 10 minutes late for everything. That's what people think of me. It takes, it takes 18 positive interactions to revert one negative interaction. And that's what we have to remember in sales. And that's what we have to remember in relationship building is it takes 18 times the positivity mm. to, to, to fix one screw up. Mm. So, so smile. Yeah. So the, so the CRM, um, basically, it's going to keep track of all of your clients' information. That's very basic. And that's typically where actually most people stop at the CRM. It's yeah. just recording information. Phone number, name, email, what you sold them or what they were interested in at the time, whatever. Um, I obviously use, like you, you mentioned, I use my CRM for absolutely everything in my life. Everything is my CRM. Us playing basketball tomorrow at lunchtime, that's my CRM right now. Um, I think that, you know, I use I use Pipedrive, which is um, the CRM that's like a Salesforce, Salesforce, sorry, um, model. Mm. It's basically the same company. Um, I did use a CRM in car sales, kind of. We I just made Excel spreadsheets because when I started into car sales, the auto group that I worked for, they just use spreadsheets for everything. So I just learned how to use Excel. Okay. So I would record. But again, you know, your relationship with the client in cars is significantly less long-term. So you need a CRM that can serve you during the time you're doing a transaction with somebody, but then also during the rest of your career. Yeah. You know, like I, I, the hope is that if I'm doing this for 10 years, I have people from year one in my CRM and I know when the last time I talked to them was, what the last thing we talked about was, who they are, how to contact them, where they live, all those things. Um, it's also a good place too to record notes to make you really be able to connect with people. You know, it doesn't matter how caring or how great of a guy you are or, a you know, a realtor, I should say, um, you are. It's it's impossible to remember everybody's dog's name. It's impossible to remember everyone where the kids go to school. It's impossible mm -hmm. to remember all of these things, their home anniversary, their birth dates. It, no one's smart enough to do it. Yeah. So the CRM, I think it's the little things that you remember through the CRM that really sets you apart. It's, mm -hmm. you know, whenever I look at, you know, I, I set an activity to follow up with so-and-so with John. And in the notes of my follow-up task that I've set myself from the past to the future, Jake, and it says, you know, call John and follow up on how travel went in Tulum last yeah, month. Yeah. And then I call John. We haven't talked in three months. But John, how's Tulum, man? Do you have fun? You know, right away, that's going to feel like, oh, man, like this guy really cares. He's really connecting with me. Yeah. Like he he isn't just here for a deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, I mean, it's not, it's not also too, to sort of cut you off, but, you know, maybe it sort of is... You know, you're putting those notes in there so that you can, you know, feel like they're, you know, feeling connected next time you talk to them. And, you know, it is to eventually get a sale. But at the end of the day, you know, it's going to help you build those relationships. It's going to make them feel more comfortable. It's going to build that trust kind of thing. And uh, so it's, it is it is super important. You know, uh, my wife uh, always says to me, because I love, you know, just chatting with people and, and staying busy. And she's not she's not super amazing at you know keeping conversations going <laughs> so she kind of relies on me to kind of you know keep conversations flowing and one thing that i always tell her i'm like look you know it's not hard to keep conversations going all you got to do is just like think of the last time you chatted with them and then just mention something from when you previously talked like if somebody said oh you know um you know we were getting a new uh getting a haircut for our dog heading to an appointment okay and then you see them three weeks later how's your dog looking you know you get them trimmed up and just like little things, like like you say, you know, but it's the same with with business and with your CRM. You got to put those little notes in there to kind of remember. And then it just, you know, puts people at ease, you know, makes them feel more comfortable, helps them trust you. But uh, but go on, give us a little more uh, info on on uh, your CRM, how, how it's uh, helpful for you. 
Well, and to that point too, I mean, you know, just because you're using notes to remember people's birthdays and dogs, haircuts or whatever it is, doesn't mean it's any less authentic. Yeah, It just means yeah. that you put more effort into it. Like if I looked at the note and I asked John about Tulum, I didn't forget that John went to Tulum. It's just an initial reminder for myself to kind of keep up to speed with him. So it makes you, it gives you the ability, I should say, to have a deeper relationship with a lot of people at once. Yeah. Where, I mean, we know as human beings that we only really have five major slots in our lives. And we all as realtors strive to make the relationships we have with the clients one of those slots. But we don't, no one has enough. Mm. So it's just a way to keep that in track. Uh, moving on though, you know, your your CRM should be the 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 big database where you keep everything that's going on. So all of your transactions are in your CRM. All of your clients are in your CRM. Any deals are in your CRM. So I really recommend that anyone that's getting a CRM looks at... Um, that it has the ability to set up a pipeline style deal base. Mm, so you yeah. can know what you have up in the air, how many transactions you have, what the values are, yeah. you know, how many tra transactions you have projected for the next, you know, two quarters is really helpful as a, from the realtor side. Um, you know, and that's also going to help you with your personal life. That's going to mm -hmm. help you going back to rituals and routines. Like every single day I plan my day, um, the night before. Right. So at eight or 9 PM when I'm getting settled down, the last thing I do before I really turn my brain off and just, do whatever I'm doing that night, whether it's just watching a movie or just going to bed or, you know, doing a workout. Um, it's, I look at the CRM in combination with another Google calendar that I have to, because I have a Google calendar for property management. I have a CRM for real estate. Mm. I match up all the appointments I have the next day. I make sure that I'm traveling in the most efficient way. And also to get ahead of con or um, schedule conflicts. You know, like if you have an appointment at two and an appointment at two thirty that you booked on Monday and on Thursday, you know what I mean? Of last week and they're both tomorrow. Once at two, once at two thirty, but you have a thirty-five minute drive in between. Rather than again going back to that, keeping trust with people, rather than being that person that's late for the appointment yeah, because yeah. you had a you know schedule conflict, you get ahead of it and you message them the night before. You say, "Hey, listen, like I'm not gonna be able to make the two thirty. Like I thought, maybe two forty-five. Yeah. No one cares. Yeah, that's okay. Fifteen and, minutes kind of and to kind of add on that too, like you're doing like the night before thing, but also you're kind of planning out your week. You know, mm -hmm. Sunday nights or something like that. You kind of plan out the week, but then also you do kind of a smaller scale um, planning daily kind of thing so yeah but yeah keep going on that now are you adding sorry are you also adding like where are you adding like your personal stuff is that going right into your crm because you know for myself i find sometimes i have like three different calendars and they're supposed to all link up but they don't really all the time and so i run into that sometimes like just yesterday i had to cancel an appointment because we made an appointment mm -hmm. um yeah, you know yeah. at 1 p.m but then i had another one for something else like a personal one in my calendar um so i had to cancel and um, are you putting most of your personal stuff just right in your CRM as well or? Yeah, the majority of it. I mean, as far as my personal life goes, it's very, it's pretty bleak personal life. Yeah. You know, I'm 23, I'm single. Um, I don't, I don't be other than building my career and building my personal growth habits and continued learning. There's really not much yeah. that I do. Yeah. So that really just goes back into the daily stuff for me. Like yeah. every day I work out every day I eat at a certain time. I obviously eat a certain diet, uh, which we won't get too far into because we don't have the time. But we are going to talk about that though. Don't you yeah, worry. <laughs> okay. We'll talk about it quickly. Um, but I mean, my personal stuff, like a lot of it goes back to the daily habits. Cause again, that's given back to yourself. But like you, like you mentioned every day for, for me or every week, I should say Sunday. Yeah. I don't take off the entire day on Sunday cause I'm probably a little bit of a workaholic, but after my open house on Sunday, which is usually done around four 30, I'll take at least the rest of the day to just drink some water, 
you know, do some, you know, some people will do meditation, some people do gratitude, some people do affirmations, just take some time, whatever refuels me. Like right now I'm just reading. Like that's what I like to do. Mm. Reading and journaling, I think is extremely important. Yeah. Um, I really live by the, if you want to learn about the world, you read. And if you want to learn about yourself, you have to write. And so people need to be writing all the time. At least once a week, you need to be writing, you know, you need to get the thoughts out. Yeah. Um, Cause we all have them. So anyways, you know, you do that thing, you recharge. And on that Sunday, you should plan the, you know, whatever you have going on in your life, like for you, obviously it's going to be a lot of family stuff, yeah. which is a little bit more complicated, but let's just say you had, you know, a smaller family demographic of like two people, you were just a couple, let's say, mm. um, you know, on Sunday night, if you're a couple, you should plan whatever date night you're doing or whatever date day or whatever's going on at the time. Um, you need to plan that and you need to plan, um, your workouts, you need to plan whatever the personal growth stuff is at the time. If you're taking yeah. cooking classes or, you know, whatever you're doing, you need to plan that. Yeah. It's the same mindset as really successful CEOs, you know, when we look at the data, the majority of the hyper performers will actually plan their vacations through the year mm. and then plan their work around the vacations. Yeah. Because that's the most important thing. Yeah. So I would say that on charge time. Yeah, exactly. So on Sunday, plan your recharge times. And then from there, you can fill in your calendar with whatever you're working on. Yeah. 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 No, that's awesome. And that's, uh, that's all super important. And yeah, I mean, like you say, like, you know, it is, it is slightly different for me and you, you know, I've got, you know, two kids, a wife, you know, all this stuff going on. And, you know, my wife's got a schedule of her own and she, she's making, so we have like a big family calendar at home, but it's hard to, you know, obviously add all of that stuff into my CRM. So, I mean, everybody's going to be slightly different, but you know, you can, you can take that personal stuff. And, and also, I mean, it comes down to, you know, if, if you're married or in a relationship, just having good communication with your spouse and, um, setting expectations the same setting, you know, the same kind of goals and stuff so that, you know, you guys are on the same page with, you know, scheduling and what you're trying to achieve, you know, in business and, and in work and life and stuff. So, you know, setting those goals and just having open communication with your spouse or girlfriend, wife, whatever it is. Um, so that's, husband. yeah, husband, anything, yeah, that's anything, right. Anything, yeah. whatever, whatever it is. And so to, to quickly add on to that too, I mean, you know, that communication that you're doing with your partner, you also need to be doing with yourself. That's what so many of us miss is, you know, if your major goals in 2024 are going to be to figure out your finances, that's the majority mm-hmm. of people. The majority of people have credit cards and subscriptions and things that they don't know about and they don't want to look into because it's so stressful. Yeah. And that's yeah. the biggest objection I see in most young people, especially, um, you know, if your personal goal is to get your finances in order in 2024, then every day that you do your planning, whether you do it daily or you do it weekly, like I do, um, you need to make sure that you're putting one layer of paint or that 1% better every single week consistently. You don't need to set up an an appointment with the accountant and go through everything in detail. But if every single week at the end of the week, you're journaling what you spend, for example, you know, you can make sure that you're improving on that. So where you're talking about communication, as far as making sure you get enough family time, Mm. you should also be communicating with yourself to figure out like, am I working on my fitness right now? Am I working on my mental health? Am I working on learning? You know, and, and if I am working on one of these things, what am I doing consistently every single week, at least once a week, I would say two or three times a week, but at least once a week to make sure that I'm progressing in that Mm. and communicate that with yourself and have that, have that self-talk of, Hey, listen, like we're working on finances. We're getting our shit together in finances in 2024. Like we're not, we're not poor anymore. Yeah. So every single week, you know, on Sunday, you're doing the hard work. Yeah. It only takes 10 minutes. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like one of the biggest things that I've noticed over time is stress. Just to speak back on what we were talking about before stress in the industry. So much stress comes from simply not like what is stress? Yeah. Stress is the feeling of typically, not always, obviously, but typically stress is just the feeling of something that could be 
fixed because it's mm -hmm. in our control, not being fixed. Yeah. If you think about the majority of the actual stresses you have in your life, yeah. almost all of them could be washed away with like a simple action step. Yeah. You know, like you're stressed out about this relationship with your friend, you guys are growing apart, whatever. It takes 10 minutes to call that buddy and have a conversation. And yeah. almost as soon as you do that, you're going to feel the stress come down. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's really just a matter of, of just saying to yourself, like, I mean, for example, it took me a year and a half to like, it took me a year and a half of planning and meticulating, like, you know, what do I want my website to be? Mm. You know I mean, all about this website, learning about websites, you know, doing all this stuff. And I never did anything about it. Mm. It took me one year of procrastination, right? It took me 365 days of procrastination to build a website. And then yeah. when I got onto the website building, it took me three and a half hours. Yeah. You know, it's, it's shocking what we can do if we actually just say like, no, you're not gonna make an excuse. You're going to do this yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, for myself, like just yesterday, Jake and I were talking about, um, you know, myself in the, in the way that I'm, I'm a procrastinator. No way around it. And like, I'm looking at Jake and, and like, we're, we're sitting in the office together and, you know, he's got his, you know, daily to-do list. And I'm just like, oh man, he's checking off all these things. Like, and he's getting stuff done. And I'm just sitting there like, oh man, what was it that I had to do? Like what yeah. I think I was supposed to in the know. middle of doom scrolling too it's like going back and forth between watching tiktoks in the middle of in the middle of uh no 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 not tiktok i don't watch tiktok no, i no, watch facebook. The, the facebook reels and yeah, then yeah, yeah. and then my wife facebook, says yeah. <laughs> you know that came out like a month ago and i'm showing her these videos yeah. she's like you're such an idiot anyway but um social media is important but we'll talk about that some other time but um anyway where were we going so yeah so you know jake's got me working on um on just that like setting a daily to-do list. And I mean, it feels good. Like you make a list and you start checking stuff off and you're like, man, this is, this is so big. And for me, if I don't do something kind of right away, like I forget about it. So I need to have a to-do list. I need to write it down. And then it's all about like these reminders that were, that kind of keep coming back, like reminders through affirmations, reminders through to-do lists, reminders through CRM to reach out to people. Um, it's all about kind of putting those things in, in, in place. Yeah. And also to, to add on that too, is, is, I think I've said this before, but create the path of least resistance always. Mm. So if you're somebody that has to make a hundred cold calls in a day, like back onto the cold outreach or, you know, checking off your tasks. Um, it's a perfect example they used in, in atomic habits, um, that they say is, you know, if someone had a hundred cold calls to do, or they had 15 to do list things, they have two jars. They have one that's filled with 15 marbles and one that's empty. And every time you do a task, you move a marble over from the marble jar to the empty jar. And at the end of the day, all the marbles have gone from this jar to that jar. And it's such a small thing, but you're creating positive reinforcement on doing things. Because mm. it's so easy yeah. to spend 45 minutes in the morning writing out a long to-do list, and then yeah. you actually get 40% of it done because you're so focused on doing it that you almost don't do yeah. it. You know, keep it simple, stupid. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I've heard, uh, I've heard a lot of people say that the most important, like one of the most important things that you can do to kind of jumpstart your day is like make your bed. Yeah, oh yeah. Because like you get yeah. up, you make your bed, and you kind of get one productive thing done yeah. that kind of helps jumpstart your day. Now I definitely don't make my bed every morning, but uh, no, 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 not with a wife and two, two brand new kids. Right? Yeah. 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 Who are always, infants. you know, kids are always tearing the blankets off and jumping around, but it is what it is. But yeah, just staying productive, just doing just one little task to kind of keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I think, I think your CRM helps you do that because it's not, it takes, it takes the question and the thinking, the wasted time thinking, yeah. you know, about oh, what, what am I supposed to do? It's like, it's right there, yeah. right? So I'll go back to the CRM um, in one second, but also to um, on to on to positive habits and and keeping them. 
um, you know, it's, it's really just about also the, the mental framework of, you know, I'm not going to start making my bed. Actually, let's use quit smoking because quit smoking is such a good one for this. Um, you know, you, it's really about the framework of saying to yourself, like, it's not that, you know, um, I haven't smoked for X amount of days. Cause if you're keeping track of the days, you're only keeping track of the days. So then you can tell people how long it's been since, or yeah. how long you quit for that time. Yeah. Right. So instead of saying to yourself, you know, I'm going to make my bed today, you say, I'm someone that makes my bed, mm. you know, and that's back to onto the, also quickly to touch to, to the definition of success. It's, I, I, I like the, um, the Alex Armazi example where it's, uh, Armazi, I guess, um, example of, you know, are you doing things that successful people do? You know, it's not really about like, what is success and how do I achieve it? It's just every single day I'm doing the things that those people would do. Yeah. Like, I mean, one year ago, I w did not read at all. And, yeah. then, and then I just, I switched my mental framework to, I'm someone that reads, I'm a reader now, and now I read, and now I'm a reader. Yeah. You know, it's just it's yeah. putting, putting the horse in front of the carriage. Yeah, yeah, and that's super important, because I think, I mean, I think a lot of people listening to this are, you know, nobody wants to be a failure, nobody wants to, you know, mess up. So I think, you know, hopefully, the, you know, these, these kind of tips and whatnot will help people, you know, that are striving to be successful. I mean, there's going to be little things that everybody's going to pull, uh, and different, you know, different things for everybody, but, um, you know, Hopefully there's some value there. Um, okay, now let's touch on let's touch on something else here. So obviously, you know, fitness, diet, routine is uh, is very important to you. So you hear a lot of people talking about this this you know I don't know if it's a new diet or whatever. Um, you know, you got Jordan Peterson. You know, you got a couple other guys. There's just, just me and Jordan. Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much just yeah, you and just Jordan us. Peterson. Yeah, yeah, just the voice. Okay, the carnivore diet. These guys that are like meat. A little bit of salt and some water. Now, now you are you are doing that. How long have you been doing that? Are there any benefits to it? Is it all a hoax? And uh, why are you still doing it? <laughs> um, I've been doing it. Uh, I mean, I should say on and off, but I've been doing it for three years yep. consistently. The on and off is, you know, I'm I'm someone that's extremely hard on myself. My self talk could definitely be improved. So whenever I do cheat meals, as you would say, mm -hmm. I think like all oh, that kills it, but it doesn't really. And most of your cheat meals are uh, are with me. Yeah, typically, <laughs> typically you get me you into something. Cheat. Yeah, or you <laughs> yeah. buy me lunch or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Like McDonald's, yeah. Um, you know, uh, pie, yeah, ice cream, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, it's the chubby boy inside of me. But yeah, um, yeah no, the, so the the benefits of the carnivore diet. I'll quickly speak on this because this could be like misinformation because I am not a dietitian. Um, benefits for you go. You benefits know. for me that I've noticed is mental clarity. Mm. When you're eating carbs or sugar, it spikes and lowers your insulin, um, as well as sweetener too. So like um, whenever you put sugar into your body, it spikes your insulin because your, your mouth tastes something sweet and your body says, okay, I need to give you insulin to um, basically cancel out this sugar, right? Same thing with sweetener, except when you put sweetener in your body, um, there is no sugar for the insulin to cancel out. It's actually worse for you. People don't know that. Mm. It's actually better for you to drink sugar than it is to drink sweetener. Mm. Because at least sugar, your body knows how to handle sugar. Your body yeah. has no idea what to do with sweetener. There's just chemicals. Yeah, these artificial sweeteners and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So the average person, um, their body runs off of carbohydrates for energy, right? And they store fat for, they store fat to, for later, basically. Mm. It's, it's a um, survival tactic. That, are, that we do with our bodies. So if you're keto, keto like I'll just stick with keto, because like carnivore is really just a, a, a cousin of keto in general, yep. which is just no carbs, no sugar. Yep. So keto is. So when your body goes into ketosis, um, you you don't your insulin isn't spiking up and down all the time, so your mood really isn't shifting. Like you'll see a lot of people eat 
um, you know, a high carb breakfast, like, you know, your toast and bacon mm, and eggs mm. and pancakes and whatever else. And then like one hour later, exhausted, you're ready mm. for a nap, you know, like Thanksgiving dinner. It's a classic yeah, yeah, you eat yeah, Thanksgiving yeah, yeah. dinner. Yep. What do you want to do? You want to go for a nap after. Yep, yep. Um, so the meat and the meat diet for me, um, it just, it, it keeps me level. It keeps my energy kind of the same all the time. Obviously I'm a little bit more tired in the morning and at nighttime, but like overall my my mental clarity and my focus and my enthusiasm and my energy kind of stays a little bit more consistent. Um, and also too, it's, it's easy, um, to pick, you know, cause we like, we, I, I what am I going to eat today? Yeah. And I don't have to worry about that, which I like, I like, it's yep. the same reason too. I'm back onto on the habits really quick. I pick out my outfit for the day. Like I pick out my outfit the night before as well. Oh, I put my clothes out. That's just an like, a little you easy one. That? No. Yeah. I picked this one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's just an easy one because then when you wake up in the morning, you can just kind of like stumble around. You just yep. get in the shower, get out. You have your outfit right there. Like, I don't know. It's just little things. I will say it. And in, you know, obviously, you know, my wife has to deal with this more, but the, not the worst part of having kids, but one of the worst parts of having kids. And if you're, if you're a parent is having to come up with meals for your kids. Yeah. It is, it is, it is awful. Um, yeah. And like me, you feel bad if you're and not eating a lot, man. Yeah, they, they eat, eat a lot. So much more than they always got to eat. You know, their three meals plus you know a couple snacks in between. Yeah. So, and then you also like you feel bad if you're not giving them you know a nice well balanced diet kind of yeah. thing. But um, and and then and then you have to find you know food for yourself in between that. Um, but yeah, I mean it takes it takes the question out of it, and you can probably be a lot more productive. You go to the grocery store, you're not there for six hours just wandering around, you know. Yeah looking at the items on the shelves and, you know, picking out every, everything you go in there or I, I know what you do also, you kind of pre-order all of your, your steaks and, and eggs and stuff like this. Yeah. And, um, and then you just go, you pick it up and then you're home and then once every other week and then you kind of yeah. meal prep, you know, throughout the week. So, uh, it, takes, it saves yeah. a lot of time. Mm. It, it does save money as much as, you know, well, it would depend on who you are. Um, but it does save money in my experience. Like I would like if, cause, because if you're sticking to a, a diet regimen, um, I mean, some people say don't use the term diet. I don't mind the term diet. I think that it's important to know what you're doing. Um, but if you're sticking to a certain regimen of eating, you're also not going to be able to eat out because you're not going to be able to. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you, you, that's not on your diet. So like I save a lot of money because I stopped eating out. Mm. I mean, the only time I eat out is when you buy me lunch and you convince right. me to eat something bad. That's right. That's right. But um, that, um, and like I said too, like mood shift, like so much of that, like yeah. so much of like I'm ADHD, I'm diagnosed ADHD. Um, and so much of like my hyperactivity, like, I mean, as you can see, I'm, I can't stop moving ever, but so much of my hyperactivity and like my train of thought and losing mm. it and stuff, it just, go, it just kind of went away. Yeah. That's no, awesome. No inflammation. Um, and also too, I really want to test it with your son. Um, because what I love to see is his, his son, Theo will come into the <laughs> office and he'll be the most well-behaved docile, you yeah, know, he's yeah. chilling, he's coming, he's hanging out. He's like, you know, playing a game with me or something like sitting on the couch, relaxing. Yeah. And then you give him something, you give him like what treat, or like a donut <laughs> or like a little piece of chocolate. Yeah. And then suddenly, man, this kid turns into a demon. <laughs> he's running around, he's throwing things. He's like, uh, he's acting up and you're like, what happened? Acting up. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's just that spike, man. It's that spike of sugar. Think about it. Like in yeah. nature, if we were all running around in the woods, no clothes on, just trying to, you know, find our way here. That would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> but like, when would you ever, here's one, here's one I, I will put on this. Here's one I will put on this. If you look, go look at today right now, um, go to the Canadian health food guide. Mm. You look up the breakfast for a diabetic, an insulin dependent diabetic. Mm. It'll tell you something along the lines of oatmeal, um, orange juice, a handful of brown sugar, some yeah, berries, yeah, yeah, yeah. all things that spike your blood sugar. And also when you think too, like if we're running around the woods, like we just said, 
how often are you going to find a bushel of oranges, like 10 of them, and then what you do is you squeeze out all the juice only and drink it. That yeah. would never happen. Our bodies, you eat, you drink orange juice, your body's like, what is this? I was never designed to eat this. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, we're not going to go down that road, man. Yeah, he's trying to get I'll, my two-year-old. Yeah, he's trying to get my two-year-old on the carnivore I'm trying to get diet. your whole family on carnivore, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. One day, one day, one day. You know, I, I have tried it off and on, but I mean, it's another thing. It's one of those things that you got to be consistent with. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you've got a couple of people in, in the office. I do, uh, yeah. On I've, it, so. I've, I've transferred three or four people onto this so and far, they, and they're going to yeah. be lifers. They seem to like it. They seem they to be, it, you know, enjoying it. That's good. But, um, water. Larry, let's, I'll, I'll bring this up real quick. Mm. Water. The amount of water you drink every day yep. is so important, guys. You need to be drinking a lot of water so you feel good. You're hydrated. Yeah. It's good for your skin. Hey, Big 8, if you want to sponsor hey, us. Big 8, uh, <laughs> if, you want, if you want to sponsor me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and also, too, don't drink distilled water because there's no uh, minerals in them. You need the minerals. Your body needs the minerals. Right. I went too far. And at one point I was drinking, um, I usually drink about two of those a day. So I drink about eight liters of water, which is still a little bit too much because I'm only about 200 pounds. Um, but I, at one point I was drinking three and I actually got really sick. I actually started Jeez. getting really ill because I was washing all the minerals out of my body all the time. Yeah, that's, 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 Anyways, that's a lot of water. We're not health experts. Yeah, we, Nobody here is a health expert. Yeah, a little disclaimer here. We do not claim to be uh, health experts, especially myself. Um, I can tell you what the best order at Wendy's is though. Um, yeah, you can, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, All right. anyway, so let's talk about some goals. We're going to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, how you doing this year. Are you on track with your goals? Cause I know at the beginning of each year we set our goals. Um, we're also going to talk about uh, what your goals are for next year a little bit. I mean, this year's it's tough. It's tough for everybody. Mm. You know, we're all, we're all kind of having a tougher year. I think than we expected, obviously, because with, the market being so busy, interest rates being so low, it was so easy to buy, yep. you know, for consumers. Um, I think it's gotten a little bit tougher now. I yep. think we're sitting, where are we sitting for prime right now? Seven? Yeah. Something like that. We're yeah. sitting around 7% here in New Brunswick, or I guess maybe Canada, um, for interest. So buying is a little bit low. House prices are still steady. They're they're coming down a little bit. I mean, as far as my personal goals are, I'm pretty much where I thought I was going to be. Um, you know, no, no big wins and no big losses that I didn't expect this year. Yeah. Um, but I'm also, you know, to, I think you're, you're the first five years of real estate is hit or miss. It just depends. You only get out of it what you put into it almost literally because you know, what, what you see in a business like real estate and like mm -hmm. creating a personal brand is a compounding of goodwill yeah. for your clients. Yeah. Right. So over a five year duration, you know, at the end of those five years, you're going to be getting people that you sold year one and their friends and their relatives, and then people you sold year two and their friends and their relatives, et cetera, et cetera. So every year you positively put into the career, you're going to get more out of it. Yeah. Um, very disproportionately, mm. you know, like, I mean, obviously we know, uh, mathematically, if you start investing, you know, at 30 years old compared to 40 years old at the end of your term of investing at 65, there's going to be like a $400,000 difference mm. only out of that those 10 years, because those 10 years matter. Yeah. Um, so your first five years are, are tough. Um, as far as what I would like to do in the future, I don't know personally. I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty fluent as far as letting myself stay open to new things and new ideas. Yeah. I love real estate. Yeah. I like the market. Yeah. I like the idea of investing into real estate. I like property management. I mm -hmm. like all of these things. I have a feeling that what I'm doing when I'm in my thirties is still going to be, have something to do with real estate. Yeah. But the way I see it is as long as I'm progressing in the right vicinity, that's good enough. 
I don't need to pick a very, very specific goal or like, you know, I want to be a 35 year old property manager. I want to have 500 under contract. I need to be selling X amount over a year. And this is what I need at 35. As long as I'm moving forward in the general direction that I want to be going, I'm happy with that. Yeah. Um, In my future though, I I mean, it's it's really going to be a lot about travel. Yeah. I'd like to do some traveling. So I'm I'm trying to focus on that. Yeah, that's cool. And I mean, so, I mean, kind of going back to what you said about just kind of moving forward in the right direction. I think that's like just important to remind people like, you know, you can set your goals. It's good. It's good to set goals and, you know, try and hit them and whatnot, but there's going to be times when if you're not focused on just taking small steps forward, you're going to start taking steps back, right? If you're always focused on, you know, making the big moves, taking the biggest steps and not just doing these little things that we've talked about, these little action points every day, um, and just taking steps in the right direction. So, um, so that's just important to remi- remind ourselves of, you know, don't put so much pressure on yourself. Just keep moving forward. Just do little, take baby steps and yeah, you know, just keep moving forward and surround yourself, you know, with people that have the same goals or, um, and that, that are more successful than you. You know, I mean, you hear everybody say, you know, Grant Cardone, all these guys, you know, they say, you know, t- look at the five people that are around you and, yeah. you know, that's you kind of thing. That's who you're going to be. Um, and so surround yourself with, you know, good people that, uh, you know, have goals and want to continue to challenge you. I mean, Jake and I just sit, you know, all the time in our office and, you know, I come up with an idea and he just, you know, bad mouths me and, you know, what's stupid. <laughs> you know? And, but we're always challenging each other and I do the same for him. Yeah. And at the end of the day, we just want each other to be successful and continue to grow. And so that's why kind of over the past couple of years, we've been able to, you know, help push each other, but also learn from each other, um, ways to kind of scale up and just get better. Um, and actually, so. let me, let me add on to that quickly too. Um, it's very, very important to have people that you look up to mm. in all realms, yeah. because I mean, yeah. I think that, you know, your growth in your business is going to reflect if you're growing into personal life. Yeah. If you're a happier person, you're going to sell better. Yeah. You're not going to be, if you, if you have a better financial life, you're not going to be nearly as, it's not going to come off to a client that you're looking for a sale because you're not, mm. you're not, if you're not in a desperate mindset, you're not going to come off desperately. Yeah. Um, but it's very important to have someone that you aspire to be like, mm. um, you know, or just have things in their life, whether it's professionally or personally that you just respect, yeah. you know, yeah. like obviously I would like to have a family. I'd like yeah. to have kids. You have a family, you do have kids, you have a wife, mm. you know, that's important for our yeah. friendship and for our dynamic. Um, you know, and it's also really important too. what a lot of people miss on is having someone that you also can influence. Yeah. Finding someone that you are not better than, but find something, find somebody that you can positively influence on a consistent basis Yeah, keep that relationship with them. Because even though they're not necessarily providing as much to you as you are to them in that dynamic, yeah. it's, it's a ladder effect. Yeah. You know, it's just positive. It's just positive for the world. If you're doing things that are positive for the community and positive for the world, you're going to make money later. Yeah. You know, yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely. a belief. And we're, we're all running a marathon here. Yeah. Nobody's running a sprint race. And that goes back to the habits. It goes back to every single day talking to those 20 people or handing out those business cards mm. because this isn't, you're not going to, you're not going to be the best realtor. No. You know, you're not going to win at these things. There's no such thing as winning in marriage. Yeah. You stay married. There's no such thing as winning in business. You yeah. stay in business forever. Yeah. You know, I, uh, this morning, actually, I was just, I don't know what I was doing, but I just had this thought. I was like, that I had to remind myself. I was like, look, you know, I'm grinding. I'm putting a lot of pressure on myself. You do the same thing, but I got to remember, like, I don't need to be the best, you know, realtor or the best property manager. Like, that's not what I need to do. The, what I need to do is just be the best, you know, me that I can be, be, uh, do the best that I can do. And that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to be the best, you know, realtor. I'm not going to sell the most homes. I'm not going to, 
um, you know, be at the top of the, uh, the leaderboard every month kind of thing. And that's, that's totally fine. You know, everybody just needs to continue to be the best that they can be. And, uh, and like I said, help people surround yourself with good people. And, uh, and that, um, yeah, it'll all work out. All the, all the overnight successes that we all like, and we aspire to, they all took 10 years. Yeah. It, you know what I mean? Like you never see, you know, you see that person who blows up in this career or becomes very famous. You know what I mean? Like Jordan Peterson, you said his name earlier, you know, he's obviously extremely famous now. He's one of the most famous people in the world. Mm. I mean, he's been doing boring psychology studying for 20 years, mm. 20 years of just goodwill of just like believing in a topic, yeah. learning everything about it. And then suddenly he seems like an overnight success, but in reality it took 20 years to do that. Yeah. You know, it's the same, it's the same thing when it comes to real estate. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. No, absolutely. We'll see in 20 years though. Yeah. I, I guess we'll wrong. see. I guess we'll see. But anyway, Jake, man, this has been awesome. This is a lot of fun. I mean, we chat all the time, but this has just been great. And hopefully, uh, hopefully everybody listening has been able to, you know, grab a couple of tidbits and, you know, good information out of this. And, you know, maybe you can relate to it. But other than that, we're going to kind of wrap it up. And Jake, I just really appreciate you coming on here. And it's been a lot of fun. And Jake's definitely going to be back. You know, one day Jake's going to share some info about his secret to uh, to getting yeah, clients. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yep, thank yep. you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah man. No, it's been, it's been awesome. So uh, thanks, everybody, so much for tuning in. This is the uh, MGR Podcast. If you have any questions at all or want to get connected, you can check out my website at gosman.ca anytime. And uh, other than that, look forward to having you on the next episode. See you later.